0: All right, it's Bartender Journey, episode number 21. We've got a great interview with Maggie from Privateer Rum. It's a small distillery up in Massachusetts, and she's the head distiller. And I did a tasting with Vano. We made some drinks with the Privateer Rum, some nice cocktails, and we tasted those. So we'll do that first, and then we'll go into the interview with Maggie. All right, I have an interview coming up with the... Head distiller at Privateer Rum, another contact that I made at the Manhattan Cocktail Classic. So uh, you're not going to be here when I do the interview, but I thought we'd uh, try a couple of the cocktails from their uh, website because they they have some really cool ones, and they make this really high-quality rum. It's made in uh, Massachusetts. It's really cool. This company's been around only about four years, but the gentleman who founded it, Andrew Cabot, He is um, his five times great-grandfather, or he's six generations removed from the original Andrew Cabot. So it goes back to the Revolutionary War times, his uh, ancestors in that area. And um, this original Andrew Cabot from the 1700s was actually the inspiration for this rum. It's really interesting. You should read up about it. Wow. It's pretty cool. So I'm going to make what they call the garden party here. And it's uh, their silver rum, lime juice. I'm gonna muddle up some um, pieces of lime, actually. Some simple syrup and cilantro. W-
1: was that a song, "The Garden what? Party"?
0: Well, I don't know. Maybe.
1: Look at this guy, folks. I'll describe. He's got a uh, <laughs> play makesh- by play. makeshift um, bar. we got
0: a bar in, in the, the studio,
1: and uh, we have various uh, bottles of booze. <laughs> Garnishments, a muddler right now. We're muddling in the shaker You hear the sound effects. Muddling some lime. All right. And now we're going to... Okay, hold some, on. Uh, some some fra-
0: cilantro. Oh, cilantro. 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 What we got? Cilantro's over
1: here. Putting some yeah. cannabis. No, I'm no, sorry. What is that?
0: <laughs> cilantro.
1: Cilantro. Okay. It smells really good.
0: Smell that. How good is mm. that smell? Nice. Good, right? Toss it in there. And I'm going to take a little uh, sugar syrup. All right. Um, and so yeah, it's kind of like a uh, mojito, I guess, but with the, uh, with the cilantro, the fresh herbs, and I'm not gonna add any um, seltzer to this. And so I put some ice in there. All right. And our lovely privateer rum. Isn't that a nice label? It's sort of like nice. an American flag kind of theme on there. I'll put some more of this fresh lime juice in there because that was really good.
1: You hear that, folks? That's money right there. When you shake a drink like that, that's money. People love seeing that shit shaking. Right. Oh shit! Gonna...
0: Normally I put this on ice, but we're just gonna take a little, a oh. little taste. Gotta take a little taste.
1: All right, thank there you. you go. Cheers. Salute. Mmm.
0: Bam. Oh man, that's good. That's Ooh. really good.
1: That's smooth.
0: Yeah. Mm. I, I probably would have done with a little less uh, oh, sugar syrup. Wow, nah, that's I could good. Too much sugar syrup. I mean, I, I just put a dash, but it's got like that. my m- taste.
1: It's got like that natural lemonade
0: type of yeah, feel to it, Yeah, but know? it's got the, with the herbs, you know, it's yeah. like a nice fresh taste. That's one from their website, privateerrum.com. They have some really interesting cocktails on there, so I can't wait to talk to her and um, see who came up with these, because they're really interesting. Excellent.
1: Very good, my friend.
0: All right. So they have a silver and they have an amber, and uh, this cocktail is called the Privateer Dawa. I hope, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. So it's got their, uh, their amber rum and some lime and some, uh, some honey. I made a little honey syrup here, so let's try that one. All right, so hand me that. Uh, where's the amber?
1: Right.
0: Yeah, that's it. Privateer amber rum. We're going to first put some
1: limes in there. you got all these goodies, my friend. I know. <laughs> I know. Jeez. Oh. You're in trouble, folks, when you have a bartender make you a drink <laughs> in his own studio. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this, ain't, this is some real shit.
0: <laughs> I like oh, yeah. this this honey syrup. It's really good, just like the simple syrup except with honey. God
1: damn, delicious! You got a great, great job, man. All day. Just... <laughs> Holy shit. shit, man! If you're not
0: having fun, fuck That's it. Good, man. What's the use? All right, all right. All right, we'll right. go to this. God right, damn. And this is supposed to be served on crushed ice. I didn't, I didn't get the hammer out and crush my ice, but we'll, we'll uh, pretend. will just.
1: You know, Love the sound effects, folks. <laughs> And that oh, shaking. Fuck. pay attention to the shake, cause the shakes, that's the dollar sign. So <laughs> people love seeing. Oh, come
0: on, shake that shit. Nice. Get that money. Get that fucking money. Let me see you shake. All okay. right, hold on, ready? Yeah, we do it pretty much the same way. I don't like. I don't like the two hand shake. Yeah. Some people do the two-hand shake. I don't. I don't like that. I, I do this trick, you know. What is that? I shake it right, and I go to like,
1: touch, touch the tip. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean I the base because it's frozen. And I go just touch it. They go, why? Why? I just touch it. It's ice cold, okay. man. <laughs> All right.
0: All right. I didn't see that coming. Yo, there we go. A little for you. There, talk about sound effect. That's a good one, right? All right. Here we are. There you go. Cheers. <laughs> 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 That's nice, too. Fucking Helen Wolf now.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we had a long day in the studio today. Oh, had, had a lot of fun, huh?
1: Oh, listen, since we're on a subject sharing drink, we should tell... If you're listening to the show and you want to do an interview, listen to other shows. Uh huh. You know, yeah. start from the beginning. We have a lot of good material. Just like to throw it out there.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'd like to hear from you and um, cool. interview you. We always like to hear new perspectives yeah. from bartenders, bar owners. And all you got to do is get in contact with us, vince.bartender at gmail.com.
1: And Vance Vano at bartender2222 at gmail.com. And you can hit me at Twitter at
0: vancevano. I'm on Twitter at Barkeep Tips. Maggie?
2: Yeah, hey.
0: Hey, it's Vince. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. How are you doing?
0: Great. Thanks so much for coming on.
2: Yeah, no worries.
0: Well, uh, it was so fun. Uh, the Manhattan Cocktail Classic was so much fun, and I enjoyed talking to you. And uh, thanks for getting in touch.
2: Oh, thank you. It was a treat.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I have a little setup here. I was going to make, I love the cocktails on your website. They're great.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Nels, our vice president, he uh, owned a bar for a number of years, and he makes all of our cocktails.
0: Yeah, they're great. I had the um, the Garden of Good and Evil the other day.
2: Oh, nice. (laughs) It
0: was was so delicious. Oh, my gosh. I loved it. You know, do you want to start out telling us a little about the history of the distillery?
2: Yeah. um, Privateer started when um, Andrew Cabot, who's the president and founder, was doing some family research, and he was named after an ancestor six generations back who turned out to actually own a rum distillery in this exact county. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) For him, it was just sort of a light went on, and it was just what he wanted to do. And so for him, it's, it's family legacy and it's really important. Um, so he's always about making the finest spirit and always making the best choice to create the best possible rum. And Nels, our vice president, and he grew up in the same street. They've been lifelong friends and they thought, this is crazy. Let's do it together.
0: And so how long ago was that?
2: That was about two and a half, three years now. Wow,
0: that's amazing! Yeah. I'm, so, I'm so in awe of people that can, you know, have this idea, and then, you know, two years later, they're putting out great product. It's amazing.
2: Yeah, they they're amazing. They have really impressed me from the moment I met them. Um, I was introduced to them by uh, Hubert Germain Roban from the eponymous uh, Germain Roban Cognac style spirits in California. I was the assistant distiller there, and he was here nosing some barrels, and they said, you know, we're looking for a distiller who's got a fine spirits background because we want to make rum as a fine spirit. That's always been their message. Um, And so Uber was kind enough to set me up with them. And and I'd seen so many distilleries and interviewed at so many places. And when I met these guys, I just, I knew they had their heads on straight. It was going to be really, really fun. I was going to make the spirit I wanted to make. Um, We have a lot of core beliefs that are the same, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And uh, so for me, it was just taking my background, which is mostly whiskey and cognac style spirits um, and applying a lot of those higher-end fine-spirit techniques uh, to rum and just seeing what happens, and we've been lucky that people have really responded to it.
0: Well, it's a great product, and you can really tell the care that goes into it. You know, I, just, I have these two bottles up here, and there's this kind of orange lamp behind it, and I was just looking at it. It's like it looks beautiful. You know, it's so clear, and it's but it's not just clear like water. I don't know how to explain it, but it it's just, it's just a really well-made product. I can tell.
2: Thanks so much.
0: And uh, I'm always so interested in the amount of passion that people put into making these things. You know, I mean, it's almost like an artist or a—I uh, mean, it's a lot like an artist or a chef or a musician. You know, they, everybody I talk to who makes spirits or wines, puts their whole life into it.
2: Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a little amazing uh, how how much of my life it's been. Um, <laughs> I was lucky enough that. I was 20 when i set foot in my first distillery so it's been nine years of just ruthlessly pursuing it with all my free time knocking on doors bothering as many people as i can um just seeking out great mentors and it's it's funny to look back and see where craft spirits was nine years ago when i first got into it and how lucky i was to have stranahan's nearby and to live in denver and and now it's it's everywhere. People are excited about it. People are willing to try it. Um, it's cool. It's just changed so much. It's it's fantastic. But yeah, I mean,
0: it's really exciting.
2: It's a lot of passion. I always kind of talk about the barrels and the spirit like they're they're my kids. Sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so now, can you explain a little to me about how you, you barrel these? You have obviously lots of barrels, and it, and you. Taste them to see how one barrel differs from another, and then you combine them. Is that the general idea?
2: Yeah. Um, we do a couple different things that that make us unique in rum, and one of them is definitely our barrel techniques. I always say, after distillation, I make a thousand decisions. That leads me to almost do nothing. We don't use any additives, any sweeteners, um, no glycerols, no oak flavorings, no oak coloring. So for us, it's just pure spirit, oak, water, and time. Uh, and so when it comes to the barrels, uh, I get to know them pretty well. And uh, what I do is um, when it's time to create the next batch of amber rum, I will go through and taste all the barrels I know are relatively in harmony. And actually, I should show you this because it'll it'll help explain a lot. Um, but I taste all the barrels and I go through and I make notes on all of them and... We're actually redoing our website right now. So, eventually, anyone can log onto our website and click on a barrel, and it'll flip over and give you all the tasting notes of that barrel wow. since it began. Every time it's been filled, every time it's been emptied, um, all that stuff. Wow. So, for us, here's my very, very messy. <laughs> spirits tasting journal that I keep at the distillery. As you can see, it's it's definitely seen some time. But uh, I go through and I taste every barrel that I know is nearing maturity. And then just kind of go through and and make notes on all the different ones. Uh, P24 back a year ago said it was yellow and orange fruits, squash warm and baked, sweet potato pie flavors with quality integrated oak, some adolescence, but going great places, good to use, fat length, but should save for future. And for us, that's always the hardest part. When a barrel has potential, we're very, very conscientious of not over-harvesting and building a future in our barrels. Two-thirds of all of our production goes straight into barrel for the future. Um, We never want to import spirits from a manufacturer or anything to meet our demand. We always want to make every drop ourselves.
0: Yeah, I know know what you're talking about there, but maybe people listening don't. Um, Can you explain that a little, how a lot of distillers make their product?
2: Yeah, um, this is a real point of passion for us and one of the things we feel we'll never ever compromise on and this is one of the big reasons I'm here at Privateer. I can't tell you how many distilleries I would talk to and they would say, oh, we bulk purchase spirits from another distillery and you'll bottle it and you'll be the distiller, but you don't actually make it yourself. You don't ferment it, you don't age it, it's not yours. Um, And for me, I'm such a meticulous is kind of a nice way to put it.
0: <laughs> We're not going to say control freak, right? Yeah, that
2: makes me a good distiller, I think, being yeah. a, bit a control freak. But uh, for me, I want to ferment every drop because I know how the flavor's created in the fermenter. I know what I'm looking for. I want to distill every drop because I know I'm going to be careful, sacrifice what I need to sacrifice, keep what's great, and make no compromises. And I want to age it all because I don't want it to be colored or treated or sweetened. Um, or had additives treated with it or have it really heavily filtered because it was distilled poorly and needs to be neutralized. you know For us, it's really important, but a lot of brands out there, when you see a you know a quote unquote craft whiskey actually was made in a factory, they purchase the finished whiskey and, and bottle it. Right. A lot of gins are made by purchasing neutral grain spirits, flavoring them and then bottling them. And for me, it's it's such a passion our place is full of fermenters. Our distill is huge. We've got tons of barrels. For us, you know, we want to, we believe in elevage, which is the idea of rearing the spirit or raising it or bringing it up Mm. to hold certain qualities that reflect your beliefs. And then you send it out into the world. And so for us, that's where all the fun is. We we figure, you know, at least we get to have the fun by making it ourselves.
0: Right. I assume it's got to be a lot more expensive to do it that way.
2: It is, it is, it's, uh, it's much more expensive and uh, we're really proud about our price on the shelf for all the hard work that goes into it. Um, part of that is when I do smell the barrels, we take the individual notes um, as you were asking before and I'll go through and I'll taste them and we select a few barrels that are more youthful so they're lighter and fresher and have crisper aromatics and then we select a lot of mid-weight barrels that have some good body and character. They're like the classic privateer notes for me. It's always sort of apricots and marmalade, cedar, sandalwood, tobacco leaf. And then we select a few older barrels that give it the base tones um, and the richness and the body underneath. And then after we've selected the barrels we want and the proportions we want, um, we pull all those barrels, we bring it into our tank where we marry all the barrels together. And then something that sets us apart that's a cognac tradition that I brought to privateer is that we take that mixture and then we re-barrel it. And the idea is that we want everything to marry in barrel. Um, That's the stage where most places would bottle. Mm. But for us, because we put it back in barrel and give it six months to rest, the spirit has time to sort of mix and mingle and become richer and deeper and connect better. It's sort of like making a stew. You wouldn't boil peas and carrots and meat in separate pots and then mix them together. Mm. Um, You know, you want it all in the same pot, getting rich and flavorful and and full-bodied. So for us, we cask condition our blend, meaning we let it rest in cask, re-barreled for six months. Then we pull it out, and then we bottle it.
0: Are those barrels used uh, multiple times, or is there a time? uh, I know with bourbon, you can only use a barrel once, but I'm just interested to know what, what the difference is with rum.
2: Yeah, we have some new barrels, um, which we like. We don't want to overpower the spirit. um, And I love used casks. Scotch was my first love. It's the first place I really set foot in a distillery. I love uh, used casks because they're gentle. I don't want to overpower all that work we did in the fermentation to create flavor, all the work we did in the still. So we give it a kiss in new oak, um, and then it goes into used oak barrels from then on. Um, used bourbon barrels, and then we'll reuse and reuse and reuse them. Um, Uber was kind enough to source some brandy barrels for me that are third use, and those are great for marrying spirits because then they don't impart as much oak, but they allow the oxidative qualities, which are sort of the deeper, richer, more heathery, almondy tones that I really love to Mm -hmm. sort of shine because they're not competing with the oak flavors.
0: I'm really curious. It seems like with all this going on, it would be hard to keep a consistent product, like from from bottling to bottling.
2: I always say uh, we blend to taste, not to consistency. For us, we always want to make the best rum possible. I, I want someone who tastes it blind to always say, oh, I know this is privateer. I want it to have an intrinsic value that is unique to itself. But I also want each batch to kind of tell its own story. We're getting older every batch, it's getting richer, um, we're getting more and more oak influence. Um, we're right on a salt marsh, and one of the great developments we've seen in the last year has been a lot of salty and briny notes in our barrels um, from the Atlantic influence that we get. So. Mm-hmm. It's always changing, but it should always have that classic privateer flavor.
0: Is that a freedom that you have as a small distiller? I mean, you know, Jack Daniels obviously always has tapes the same for, you know, it's probably tasted exactly the same for a hundred years, and may- maybe this is a freedom you have as a small distiller to ma- have it change a little.
2: It is. It's really unique to being a small distiller in that if we were pulling hundreds and hundreds of barrels at a time, it would inherently be consistent just because so much went into it. because we're doing two, 300 gallon batches. It's, it's really unique and special each batch, which I love. So I, I think it's fun. It's definitely something we struggle with as a smaller brand, but I feel like, you know, just like seasonal food or regional cuisine, I, I feel like it makes it special that, you know, you kind of have that moment in time with that bottle. And then the next one offers you something more, you know.
0: Yeah, well, it comes through when you when you try it. And uh, speaking of flavor profiles, maybe you'd like to walk me through. Um, <laughs> I have a little bit here of the. Uh, I have the silver here, and now th- does the silver go? Uh, the the color of the amber comes from the oak, yeah. Yes. And the silver does it. Does it ever see oak or no?
2: It does not. Um, I sort of distill the silver as I would from my experience working on a on a French. Charente still, sort of more of a eau de vie style. Um, so we ferment um, for seven days at about 75 degrees to create a lot of complexity in the fermenter. Most of your fermentation takes place in the first 24 hours. And in most silver rum, that's when it's done fermenting. But for us, if you let it rest in that fermenter, um, all these complexities start happening. A lot of yeast autolysis, a lot of your congeners, uh, which is just a fancy term for a more complex flavor is created so we we allow it to ferment slowly and evenly for seven days we distill it we double distill it pretty lightly i want it i want to keep a lot of flavor in for me if vodka is odorless and tasteless what makes our spirit rum is what we leave in it so i want to leave a lot of character and flavor in it and then after it comes off the still it's uh proofed with very soft water to retain the gentle aromatics And then we leave it completely unfiltered, which is really unique. For me, there's a certain harmony that it comes off the still with that's really beautiful. And anytime you filter, you're editing, you know, you're removing something. And for me, I wanna leave it completely unedited, completely bare, really rich, as full-bodied. I wanna leave all those long chain oils there to create more flavor and mouthfeel. I want it to be full of character. So we leave it completely unfiltered, unsweetened, unflavored. Um, all it is is spirit and water. Hmm. To me, that's it makes us better distillers. It makes us more careful distillers. We are meticulous because we know there's not gonna be a filter to standardize it later. Everything oh. we do, you'll be able to taste.
0: And when it comes off the distiller, it's it's pure alcohol, yeah? Or it's, or it's very high proof?
2: It's relatively high proof. Um, I actually just had our still converted so we can run it as a double pot and all of our plates are flexible. So, typical to the rum tradition, we'll run it at a couple different proofs. We'll run some higher to be cleaner and more aromatic. We'll run some lower to be rich and full. And then we kind of bring those different runs together, and that kind of creates the finished flavor profile. But what those molecules carry over when they come over are you know lots of lots of rich flavor. If you think about it, you've got the wash which as you're warming it up, you're separating out all these molecules and you're suspending them in air and then bringing them back whole again in all these new arrangements and and all those arrangements will arrange themselves in ways that Create a lot of different and new flavors, Um, and it's a process called esterification, where the molecules sort of come together and break apart to create more complex flavor. So that's kind of what we're looking for.
0: Well, I'm I'm so in awe of your ability to pick out all these different flavors of different things. How would you describe? I I wish I could do the same that you that you do and say, you know, first thing I smell is, I don't know, pear comes to mind.
2: Yeah. That's a huge one for me. Uh, pear, pear blossom, apple blossom. There's like a little hint of sort of like white florality to it that I really like. Um, and then underneath it, just the tiniest hint of like brown baking spice. But it's not sweet. It's it's savory, which I, I love.
0: Mm. Yeah, It's it's... It's so it's so different, such a different experience than drinking uh, one of the mass-produced brands. I would say, well, we won't name one in particular, but I'm, I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about.
2: <laughs> yeah, we we make it really different, and I definitely have to say, um, probably the largest criticism we get, which we're kind of thankful for in a way, is that uh, it doesn't taste like typical rum. You know, I've actually received criticism from professional tasters saying it doesn't have enough heads in it. Um, and as you know, separating heads from the hearts is something distillers do to remove impurities. And it's expected that that rum will be impure and relatively rushed or sweetened. And, and for us, it's huge to kind of break those break those rules and, and do something new. And, and we're kind of proud of it in a way.
0: Great. All right. Let's try the amber.
2: Yeah, the amber is my favorite. It definitely plays on uh, my whiskey experience. I've always been a brown spirits girl. Um, and when I'm distilling it, that's sort of where my mindset is, is, is I run it like a whiskey. Um, and I think you get that on the nose, especially since it's left unsweetened, all spirits come off the still, uh, clear and dry. There's no sweetness. A lot of people assume rum is sweet because of the sugar in it, but in reality it's often sweetened after distillation. Um, and we don't do that. So I I feel like you get a lot of whiskey-esque quality from it.
0: So where does the flavor actually come from then?
2: It comes from the base and the fermentation and the rate at which you bring it over in the still and then the oak and then the oak condition. So us being on the ocean is a really good influence. Us using used American oak bourbon barrels is a large influence. When we use used brandy barrels, those ones are definitely really rich and flavorful. So for us, when, when I when I smell the amber, I get that that sort of... It's got like this apricot nectarine, peachy flavor that's not sweet. It's like it's like fresh fruit off the tree, which I feel like comes from the fermentation. Um, and then you get that soft sandalwood, cedar, baking spice, black vanilla bean, black tea leaf, tobacco leaf that I feel like comes from our our oak treatments. And then at the very end, I think you have our most current batch. Um, you'll get a little tang of salinity from the uh, ocean influence. And I feel like that's our, our terroir, if you will.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's lovely. I, I definitely taste the, um, or smell the vanilla. And I, I want to say brown sugar almost. But
2: Yeah, um, I get a oh. lot of like Scottish shortbread smell. For me, that's a telltale sign that's privateer.
0: Hmm. Uh. It is sort of reminiscent of a, of a scotch in a way, because it has such complex flavors to it.
2: Thank you When you taste it, what is the strongest flavor you tend to get on the palate? I always love to ask that of, of bartenders.
0: I, I don't know I, I keep going back to the brown sugar I, although it's not sweet like sugar, but it's just sort of that um, a, a sort of that sensation in a way of you know it has the weight to it in your mouth and it and it, um, and the wood and, and I, I taste the ocean almost I have the sensation of uh, the sea mist in your in your in your face you know
2: yeah, yeah. it's great. Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Well, I want to try. I was gonna quickly make uh, a couple of the cocktails from your from your uh, list because they were so interesting. So I have the um, grapefruit roseberry mojito.
2: Yes, yeah. yes. I think that one's really fun. we've We've kind of done a take on that one recently um, that we're calling the Essex, and it's it's very similar to that same base ingredients, but without the club soda, but I love that mojito. It's one I make a lot. <laughs> yeah, all right.
0: Well, I'll tell our listeners what's in it. I, I took some uh, fresh grapefruit juice and I muddled it with uh, a couple of grapefruit um, wedges and some uh, simple syrup. And I used uh, – your your recipe calls for rosemary. I actually didn't have any handy. So this is a lemon thyme herb and, and the silver privateer rum. No seltzer. We don't need the seltzer.
2: Perfect. Yeah, for us, our our, our spirit seems to do really well in cocktails that involve fresh ingredients, um, fresh muddled herbs, fresh citrus. It it's it tends to do really well, um, especially the silver. With That's silver lovely.
0: It's fabulous. Thanks. All right. So then we have the um, we have your light and stormy.
2: Awesome. I love that. That's <laughs> <laughs> another good breakfast cocktail. Right. <laughs>
0: I took a little um, basil leaf and just kind of expressed the oils in the bottom of the glass with a muddler. And I'm adding some crushed ice here, privateer silver, and ginger beer. Ooh, I have to open this. It's nice. It's unusual. I think um, people, it's a different taste than, than people are used to. You know, The ginger beer is uh, something you know, it, it's just kind
2: of making comeback lately. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been cool to see so many other like ginger beer styles that are really full flavored and don't use as many, you know. It's just it's awesome to have it be spicy and rich as opposed to just the ginger ale we're used to finding.
0: That's right, yeah. All right. One more and I'm gonna mispronounce this, I'm sure. The privateer Dawa.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're good, you're good. Is that right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we have the uh, we have the amber. Privateer this time, and uh, crushed ice, lime juice, lime wedges, and I made a little honey syrup. Your your recipe called for just straight out honey, huh?
2: Yeah, <laughs> but I like the honey syrup. That's what I make too.
0: Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, I, I would I would assume that honey would be hard to incorporate into the drink. Yeah. Pretty small company, huh? There's uh, how many people work work there?
2: Um, well, my husband's my assistant distiller. Amazing how that happens. Yeah. <laughs> And then the president, Andrew, and then Nels. And then we have a couple part-time people on the sales side, but that's it. That's the four of us. Um, wow. And there's really three of us who produce every drop. Um, so it's it's a labor of love.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Makes me, inspires me. Thinks maybe I can do something like this one day.
2: Yeah, it's. I remember the first day when I was in Scotland at Oban, and I was like, I could do this. Um, it was pretty amazing. So. <laughs> wow.
0: So where are you from originally?
2: I grew up in L.A., but I lived most of my life in Colorado and Denver.
0: All right. Yeah, this is nice, too. I'm going to say out of those three, I think the um, the mojito is my favorite, the grapefruit. Awesome. It's Thanks. so fresh and delicious.
2: When you tasted our amber, what sort of ideas came into your mind as far as cocktails? Did you have any sort of gut reactions to what you think would be good with it?
0: I think it's something almost like a mint julep with your amber rum and some crushed ice, maybe a little simple syrup and some herbs, squeeze a lime juice maybe, you know, in a short glass where you're really sticking your nose in it when you drink it, you know, because because so much of the enjoyment of it comes from the smell with high quality stuff like like this or a, a Good wine, even or um, even a good beer, you know, sticking your nose in the glass it just brings so much more to the table. So, uh, you know, I picture the. It's funny you don't think about the glassware that often, but I love a nice glass and the proper glass for the right drink helps you enjoy it. With the, you know, like I said, sticking your nose in that glass um, as you drink it just enhances the whole experience. Yeah, you That's- know, I love the idea of that. The um, the amber with some crushed ice. An interesting herb. It could be, you know, anything, and um, but not not something too strong. Like this lemon thyme is really nice, and a, and a little uh, a little of that honey syrup would be delicious.
2: That sounds amazing.
0: Yeah, with a short straw, just like a milk julep, you know.
2: Yeah, thyme is my favorite herb. I'm addicted to it. I put it in everything. So.
0: Have, have you seen this lemon thyme?
2: I haven't. I haven't. It's
0: great. It's great. And uh, yeah, this is the uh, orange basil. It's the, it smells amazing. Yeah. Well, I don't want to keep you too long. You look busy there.
2: <laughs> it's, it's, I'm sorry about the noise. No,
0: not a problem. It's,
2: it's been, it's been wild. We've been so lucky. Um, you know, anytime I think about saying, "Oh, I'm so tired," I always say, "You know what? No, I'm so lucky."
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet you probably work 12, 14 hours a day, don't you?
2: Yeah, we, we're, we're funny in that when, when people taste the rum, they get it it's just getting them to try it. Um,
0: right,
2: right, right. So, thank oh, you. Oh, actually
0: I had one more question for you. I know um, maybe this is not your end of the business, but I know distribution is is a difficult thing for small distillers like you.
2: Yeah, it's it's really tough. It's it's a game we don't know how to play for something our size. It's really hard to get a distributor and then once you have a distributor, you're such a small part of their portfolio that it's it's hard to get seen even inside their portfolio um it's tough it's a tough gig and um i think when i met you we were talking about expanding into new york and it's something we're really excited to do and we're we really want to get it done and it's just some, something we've been researching for months, and, you know, it's just hard to know about the right way to go about doing it. So, as And
0: then right, the laws are different in each state, too, right?
2: Yeah, the laws are different in each state. We have to get label approval. There's there's all sorts of things you have to go through because the laws are, you know, they're so old-fashioned. and
0: Somebody was telling me, all those laws were written by the gangsters, you know.
2: <laughs> in Massachusetts, it's tough because we can't ship alcohol. Um, so we are doing this limited edition batch gin that we just bottled today with hops and blood orange. And a lot of my brewer friends in Colorado really want a bottle and and I have no way to get it to them because we're not going to sell it outside of mass. So it's, it's just hard. It's really tricky to, to make it all work and and hopefully things will move along. I mean, they've got to, that's, that's the hope, but it's just a lot of extra work right now.
0: (laughs) Another small distiller was telling me, um, I was out in Las Vegas for that um, nightclub and bar show, you know, and they uh, he said, I forget what state it was, but in a certain state, you have to go before the liquor board and bring like two cases of your liquor before they'll even... I was like, well, I guess if I was the liquor board, I would make that rule too.
2: Like, conveniently, I'm going to need six bottles and some ice. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's bizarre.
2: But yeah, I mean, all in all, like, it's tough and it's frustrating, but... If you just take your time and you research it well, you know, we've been lucky that so many other distillers have done an amazing job already getting things changed. Here in Massachusetts, Berkshire Mountain Distilling has been around for a long time, and he was so important in even just setting the standard for craft distilling in this state. I mean, we owe him a lot of thanks for all the hard work he did being a pioneer, you know. So it's small steps, but (laughs) hopefully... Hopefully it goes well. Right now we're we're just so happy that we've done as well as we have, and and we do a lot of self distribution. Like in New York right now, we're self distributed, and you know it's it's great to connect with people. And and I feel like when we meet people and we sell the spirit, it it's a different level than going through a distributor.
0: Yeah, well you have tours at the distillery. Yeah, yeah.
2: The last Friday of every month, um, we do tours by appointment, um, and then for industry people, bartenders, they can shoot me an email, Maggie at Privateer Rum. Dot com and we'll have them anytime um, yeah, I mean awesome. I got my start bar backing and I know how it goes and they're our biggest champions so we're glad to host them anytime
0: yeah yeah I love that kind of thing just you know meeting the people that make the stuff and touring their facilities I, I just enjoy that so much and I think I think a lot of people do it, it really when you know the story of the thing it, it makes it so much more enjoyable
2: yeah that's what I did I mean I went and knocked on every distillery door I could because I just wanted to know everything about it and Thank goodness I was in Denver and I had such incredible people be willing to take the time and show me what they did and you know things I learned seven years ago from Todd Leopold I still remember to this day and I still use them daily so it's it's cool to have that that community and and just welcome people in and show them what we're doing because so much of of what we do isn't easily explained you kind of have to see it you know and I think once people see the hard work we put in every bottle It just makes them enjoy it more. You know, it feels more personal to them.
0: That's great. Well, uh, anything else you want to tell people? Your your website is privateerrum.com.
2: Yeah. Getting that redone soon, so keep checking back. Um, Every batch, you'll be able to click on the batch. It'll tell you every barrel that went into it, the percentage of the barrel, the flavors of the barrel. We really want to be a full transparency distillery. Um, but yeah feel free to shoot me questions I mean anyone Maggie at privateerrum.com we really want to be personable and approachable and you know just have contact with the people who are drinking our stuff and nothing makes us happier
0: awesome thank you so much for talking to us Maggie
2: thank you so much for taking the time I really appreciate it sorry it's so shaky nah
0: it's <laughs> fine no, Well, we're, 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 we're audio only, only here person.
2: so uh, oh wonderful yeah. I hope I'm not making you seasick
0: no it's fine thanks again
2: yeah cheers take care cheers
0: all right, well, that's our show for this week. I hope you enjoyed my talk with Maggie. I know I did. And uh, we'll see you next time. Get in touch. You can get me on email at vince.bartender at gmail.com or on Twitter at Barkeep Tips. We'll see you next time.